truly at Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 202 of Dogcast Radio. In this episode, we have the amazing story of how doggy dancing champion Heather Smith helped her dog Dare to live a life that seemed impossible initially. She was profoundly sound sensitive. She was very shut down, wouldn't come out of a cage, was absolutely terrified about other dogs. And, you know, a couple of them just didn't know what to make of her because they wanted to play. But, oh my goodness, she was not for playing. We have the Dogcast Radio News, and the good news is that Jenny is recovered from the horrible freshers flu. Vets have been highlighting the fact that many festive jumpers feature pugs, bulldogs and dachshunds, all of whom can suffer from significant health issues. But before all that, we have Andrea Savadio, who runs Fit Dog Sports Club and knows all about making life better for dogs. She's going to share with us her top tips for making 2019 a great year for your dog. I'm talking today to Andrea Savadio. Hi, Andrea. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. Good. Well, thank you for being here with us. You have a wide variety of experience and, and subjects that you, you sort of talk about to dog owners. Um, but we're going to think at the moment about things we can, resolutions we can make, if you like, to make 2019 um, a happy and safe year for our dogs, aren't we? So you, you've thought of sort of come up with your top five tips for resolutions we can make. So what's, what's your number one tip? Or do you want to start at number five? You, I'll leave it up to you. What do you think? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I have a, I have five tips I think that would really help, uh, dogs have a better 2019. One of the first things that we like to recommend to people is to start using measuring cups when they feed their dogs. And it mm. seems really simple, but we know that, you know, usually people will get a food and then they look in the back and they say, this is how much I'm supposed to feed my dog. Um, but then over time, you know, they start to eyeball it, just free, free forming into the bowl or take a hand or fill up like we have had dogs come in and the owner will say he eats about a half a coffee cup you know every other you know twice a day and we're like a half a coffee cup well what does that mean (laughs) so um (laughs) so all these random measurements you don't really know what your dog's actually eating and if you're eyeballing it right and your dog may be overweight or even underweight depending on how well you're doing and then we like to say that um you know, it's also good to kind of recheck how much your dog should be eating too, because sometimes food changes, you know, their ingredients, you know, the company will say for manufacturing purposes, they put, you know, more sweet potato in and less meat in, and that's going to change how much your dog's supposed to eat anyway. So mm-hmm. just kind of recalibrating mm-hmm. how much your dog eats. And then if they are overweight, I'm pretty sure they're going to lose weight. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a brilliant tip, actually, because we all know that humans and dogs, this is an obesity problem at the moment. And strangely enough, I was talking to someone um, during the week and, and sort of saying to them, is it because we humans often think, if I could just sit here and have food brought to me, you know, that would be the dream. If fish and chips or whatever your thing is could just appear yeah. in front of you, that would be the ideal life, wouldn't it? And, you know, dogs aren't really like that. So, but I think we kind of project onto them and go, oh, that must be lovely. And I'll, I'll, you know, we equate food with love sometimes and let's, let's give you lots of food. Then you'll know I love you. But it is, it's not a kindness, is it at all? No, no. Um, it really shortens their lifespan and puts a lot of strain on their joints and it causes lots of health problems and they only live 
you know, maybe 14, 15 years at max. So you want them to, you want them to make it that long. And so keeping them little trim is going to help them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, it's something I can do for my dogs. I haven't been as successful with myself, (laughs) but I'm working on that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, that's a really good tip because as you say, it's, it's not something that, you know, would, would readily spring to mind necessarily, but it's really good. And I, I know that, um, even with a measuring cup, actually, because I've, I've sometimes left, um, our dogs with my mum and, and she's, she's wonderful and she moves in and she looks after them and she's, she's great. But occasionally we've come back, particularly I, I had a Labrador and I've gone, oh gosh, has he put weight on? And I've just said, show me how much you do of the cup, you know, and she showed me, I go, that's not, that's more than I said, isn't it? So I've ended up putting tape on the cup and gone, look, it's up to that level for him, that level for, you know, star, our little Bichon. And so you have to be careful, don't you? You have to know, you know, exactly how much of the cup you use and stick to it. Yeah, definitely. And people like to do the big, big pours. Um, sometimes when they drop their dogs off at our um, boarding facility, they'll say, oh, it's like an overflowing cup. Okay, so they want a big scoop because they feel like maybe, like you said, they're giving them a little bit more love, a little yes. something extra, um, but maybe they don't need that much. And plus, dogs don't weigh as much as we do in general, so that little bit of food could be the equivalent of, you know, an extra thousand calories for a human, um, depending on how much they weigh. So mm. you always have to be careful. You know, a little bit for them goes a long way. Yes, absolutely. It horrifies me. I mean, I, I have occasionally given ours like, you know, the last little bit of biscuit or something, but... When you see people throw them a whole, you know, I mean, I'm talking about a biscuit for a person, like a digestive or a rich tea or something, you know, and just throwing them the whole biscuit. And you think, oh, no, that's like four or five biscuits for us. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. So I think, yeah, portion control for our animals and for us. I think that's a really good <laughs> resolution. There. Yeah. Um, okay. Definitely. Yeah, great. So that, that's your, your first tip. What, are, what other resolutions can we make? So the second one that I have is to, you know, exercise with your dog, kind of make your dog your gym buddy. So, of course, we're talking about losing weight and everybody wants to lose weight into the new year. Um, you always have excuses why you're not going to go do certain things, but your dog is always ready to go. Most dogs love to exercise and be outside. So kind of using them as your support system to exercise yourself, I think is a good way for both you and your dog to do something fun together and also get more active. So whether you take a longer walk after dinner with your dog or go jogging in the morning or decide, you know, maybe I'll go on hiking like once a week or biking, you can always take your dog with you and they're going to love you so much more for it. And once you see how much they like it, I figure maybe you'll want to keep doing it too. So it'll be good for both of you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's been research, hasn't there? And sort of getting your dog involved in a, in a fitness or, or exercise regime is, is really effective, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, dogs need a lot of exercise, a lot more than what we think and not just regular exercise like you know, we have the Fitbits or, you know, uh, step counters, you know, and we're just saying, oh, get your 10,000 steps in. But dogs actually need up to 40 minutes of intense, high physical activity. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, that would be, you know, like a sprinting class or something. They really need to get all that energy out. Um, so, you know, walking around the block or a slow, you know, jog isn't really going to meet certain dogs' requirements when it comes to how much physical activity they really need. Yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh-huh. It's, it's funny, I've, I was um, working on an article recently with, with um, working with owners and the dog and the, the trainer and sort of trying to fi- fix problems, if you like. And um, they, were, they were doodles, actually, labradoodles that um, we were working with that day. And, you know, the, the trainer was saying, you, you really have to, it's not going to cut, cut it with these dogs. Just, you know, 15 minutes walk around the block or even, you know, half an hour walk. You're going to have to let them, as you say, get to that point where they're running and they're having fun and they're actually getting the, the, the speed and the thrill of the exercise that they need. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think a lot of breeds are like that. a lot of popular breeds. People like the sports dogs. Yes. And, uh, yeah. but with, when you get one, you need to take on the responsibility of making sure they're getting the exercise and mental stimulation that they need so they, they're happier. Yes. You know, they're not destroying your house. <laughs> absolutely. <because they're> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which they will do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They'll tell you. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I often think that if you look at your dog and think, oh, they're naughty. What what need of theirs aren't you meeting? Because they're not being naughty deliberately. They're just, you know, in some way you're not meeting their needs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That sort of leads me into the third tip that I have for mm-hmm. New Year's resolution. Yeah. Um, is that as Fit Dog, we really like to diversify dog schedules hmm. because we figure dogs get bored. So if you have a dog walker coming in five days a week and, you know, you're going to work certain hours a day and that's your dog's day every day, week after week, they're probably bored. Um, so we like to say mix up your dog's schedule. So for the new year, I would tell everybody do something different with your dog during the week. So if you have a dog walker five days a week, you can maybe incorporate a hike, like get a local hiker come and take your dog instead one of the days or sign them up for doggy daycare so they can socialize with other dogs during the day. Um, if you live out in Los Angeles where Fit Dog is, you could book classes with us and we'll come and take your dog do something fun. Even if it's one different thing a week, um, it really does make your dog um, more stimulated, happier. Um, they're less likely to do just destructive things at the house. Um, and plus, like, some of these activities will take them out of the house a little bit longer than, you know, just a dog walk. So, you know, like you're saying, if their needs aren't met or, you know, they're kind of bored or, you know, they're just sitting around the house all day, that's kind of boring for most people, too. So you want to get them out and find resources that will kind of change up their schedule just a little bit so that they have, you know, a funner week, funner yeah. work week while you're working. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, you, you've mentioned already they, they have physical needs. They need to exercise their body, but they do need to exercise their brains, don't they? So you need to find an activity, if you can, that will give them both. Yeah, exactly. Something different. Anything different is going to help them be thinking a little bit better. Um, you know, whether you can sign them up for a class and you can go to that class or they have classes that your dog can go to when you're not there. Like I said, hiking is really good for them because there's like a lot of stimulation on trails, depending on where you live, of course. And, um, yeah. And I think even daycare for some dogs, some dogs don't like daycare every day, but once a week is nice because they just get to socialize, run around with their friends. And, um, I think it's, it's all good for them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a nice way of thinking about doggy daycare that it's, it's a good, it's a happy thing for them. It's not just, Oh gosh, I'm sad. My owner's gone to work and I, you know, I'm, I'm left here in daycare. It's a happy time for them, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think for a lot of dogs it is, and, and especially if you have a varied schedule. So maybe they're not at daycare every day. Maybe they're at daycare every other day or even just twice a week, And but they're doing something else on the other days. You know, then it all becomes, you know, this is the day I do this, and, and there's another day that I do that. I'm, for some of our dogs, they know which days. Um, you know, we take dogs on hikes into the beach, and they know which day they're going Oh, to do what? The owners yes. tell us, you know, they they wake up and they look at me and they say, today is Fit Dog Day. I know it's Fit Dog Day and we're going to Fit Dog. So they get really excited yeah. um, and they're like waiting at the door like, okay. And so they know what day of the week it is. <laughs> they know what's going on. Um, they can look forward to stuff too. So Yeah, yeah. And as you say, if you know, sort of makes life more interesting, keeps them happier. That's a really great tip. I like that. And then one of the other tips that I have is more about grooming. Mm-hmm. So I think people uh, see grooming as sort of a hassle and dogs don't really like grooming a lot of times. You know, being bathed um, isn't particularly most dogs' favorite thing. But um, my New Year's resolution is to just brush your dog every day. And they don't need to have a long coat. They can have a short coat, too. It really helps. One, it's soothing for dogs and helps circulation and then it also helps spread all their natural oils around so Mm -hmm. they can have like better skin better fur um they're not as dried out um and it's good bonding too for you and your dog like if the dog enjoys it it's really nice for them and if your dog does have like a long coat uh it's just going to help prevent mats so yeah it's just going to keep the coat a lot nicer but i always say Try to incorporate some sort of grooming with your dog uh, daily like us. You know, you wake up, you brush your teeth, wash your face or shower. We have a routine. Your dog should have a little bit of a grooming routine too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, it, and as you say, it can become a really nice quality time where your dog, you know, is the center of your attention and you're actually focusing on the dog. And that's, a, that's really important, isn't it? It's not just sort of, oh, you're here in the corner. You sit there quietly. I'm on my phone. You know, you are actually giving the dog quality attention then, aren't you? Yes, of course. And they know that too. Like you're taking care of me. You're paying attention to me. They can feel that. And that's just going to make your relationship with them stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I'm, I find this really, really important. I'm so glad you made this one of your points because again, my Labrador short coat um didn't technically need you know brushing um occasionally he needed a bath after he'd been in the mud but you know didn't technically need um brushing but I'm so glad that I did actually sit and and brush him because you know I got to know his body and sort of how you know his little lumps and and bits and pieces and then I occasionally I did find a new one and think oh my goodness what's this but because I found things early and we went to the vet and it actually turned out to be a mast cell tumour, like a kind of cancer. But because I was aware of it and I was on top of it, you know, doing the groomy that he didn't, you know, technically need, um, we found it nice and early and it was taken off. And that was not, you know, he lived through, he had cancer five times, he lived through it. That was not what, what took him. And I'm so glad because without doing that grooming and sitting there, just running my hands over him and brushing him and just spending that time, I wouldn't have been aware like that. And my goodness, he could have, he could have lost years of his life. Yeah, definitely. It, yeah, it, absolutely. You get to know your dog a, a lot better when you're, you know, seeing all their body and making sure that they're healthy. Yeah, 
for yeah. sure. I think that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Yes, definitely. That I, I like. I really like that term. I like all of your points, but I really like that one. That's, that, that's, if you only make one resolution, make it that one, I would say. <laughs> okay. So any, any other resolutions for us, Andrea? Um, yeah, I, I have another one where I think that, um, I think when we get home from work, a lot of people are pooped, like really tired. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, taking out your dog is sort of, you know, oh, I got to take out my dog. It's kind of a chore yes. to take out your dog at night. But I think a New Year's resolution for humans or dog owners is to spend 15 to 20 minutes playing with your dog when you get home before you kind of crash out on the sofa. So finding like new indoor toys for like indoor fetch or like rope pulling toys and kind of spend that time to reconnect with your dog, especially if your dog's been home alone most of the day. They really do need more attention when when you get home versus, you know, oh, just get into my routine and I got to do this and I got to do that. And your dog's sort of following you around because, you know, they're like, hey, I've been here all day and you've been gone. Um, Just kind of giving yourself saying like, okay, I'm going to invest, you know, 15, 20 minutes to hang out with my dog, have some quality time, play some fetch, play some tug toys, um, and then get into sort of like your normal wind down routine when you get home. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's such a good point because, you know, it's so easy to, I've been shopping, I've been busy, I've I've worked, whatever, I've picked the kids up from school, I've come in, oh, I'm tired, I need to just flop down on the sofa. And as you say, the poor dog is there going, I've been on my own all day, can I have some attention? (laughs) And that's so important. You know, I I remember one one family that had a Weimaraner, you know, a very active dog, left him on his own all all day, which is, you know, their, their needs can be met. But, and she, the, the mum of the family was complaining and saying, oh, when we get in at night, he's, he goes berserk and he's, you know, running around the house and he's so excited. And you think, well, of course he is. He's so excited to see you, you know, and, and he's been on his own all day. So just give him that time, exactly what you've said. Oh, that's so important. Yeah, I think I always try to put myself in their shoes. If I was home alone all day and didn't have, you know, social media or my computer or phone, um, TV, even books to read. Yes. What are you doing all day? Mm. I don't know. I think that's pretty boring. So, of course, they're really, really excited to see you. And then when you come home and you're not really, you're not necessarily ignoring them, but you're just kind of continue to be busy. I'm pretty sure that's, you know, doesn't feel good for them. Mm. And in order to, like, give them a little bit of extra time, they're going to be a lot happier. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think that those are all really good points. Um, do you have any more points for us? Or, or... I do. Um, mm-hmm. Another one that I have is uh, related to sort of keeping your dog's health in check. Um, and it's about your dog's teeth. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are, we're supposed to brush our dog's teeth every day. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that. No. I don't know anybody <laughs> who actually does that. Uh, you buy the toothbrush, it sits somewhere in your house and you kind of laugh at it when you see it, like, I'm never going to do that. My dog's not going to let me do that. So in lieu of, like, not brushing your dog's teeth, you should have your dog's teeth cleaned at least once or twice a year. Um, And, uh, you know, in some areas you can get non-aesthetic teeth cleaning, which is a lot more affordable. Or you can, you know, go into the vet and they can put your dog under and get your dog's teeth cleaned. But in general, it's really good for their health, I, you know, a lot of things kind of 
go into your mouth and you mm-hmm. can get bacteria and goes to your heart and it's kind of like the gateway. So having them have good oral health kind of helps their overall health. Um, and then it gives them nice smelling breath, which is always positive. So yes. <laughs> say, I would say, you know, brush your dog's teeth every day as a New Year's resolution, but that's one of those resolutions that may never happen ever. Mm. Yes. So I figure this one's much easier. Make an appointment for your dog to get their teeth cleaned. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As you say, keep keep it realistic. I mean, it'd be, yes, ideally, yes, we'd all be sat there brushing our dog's teeth. But to be honest, you know, if the dog doesn't like having their teeth brushed, it can be a, a real, a really difficult task, you know, for both of you, can't it? Yeah. I mean, I know my dog wants to just chew on the actual brush and then um, he doesn't really let me, you know, brush his teeth. And then mm. some dogs, you know, my dog's a Jack Russell, so his mouth is really long. Like to get way, way back there, it's and he doesn't want to open up his mouth all the way. It's hard. And yes. Yeah. So you know, he's having his teeth cleaned in two weeks. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it, you're right. I mean, you, you're really right to, to raise this because it is a serious issue, and I mean, it 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 is important. But as you say do something rather than just rather than nothing. And, you know, we, we stick our heads in the sand a lot of the time and go, no, I'm, I'm just not going to think about the teeth then. So you're right. Do something, do something that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then I have one more resolution. Mm-hmm. If you want me to yes, please. go yeah, over great. it, it kind of goes back to, we talked about measuring your dog's food, but I say like at least once a year, you should reevaluate your dog's food. A lot of times your dog's aging, uh, so their food preferences might change and their dietary needs might change. Like, for instance, my dog um, has pancreatitis right now. And, mm. you know, he's really active and he's always had a high protein, high fat diet. And the food he has been eating has been really high quality. But it, his system can't handle it anymore. So I had to switch him to a low fat diet instead. Mm. And it just reminded me that a lot of times, you know, dogs do go through changes and big life changes, whether it's like around year three or year seven. And, you know, my dog's at 10 years old now. And it's good to kind of kind of look at the dog food and say, does this suit my dog now? Because we kind of get into the routine like my dog likes this food. I'm just going to keep buying the same food forever. Um, and that's not necessarily the best for their health because they are changing just like people change. Yes. And then, you know, it's kind of boring to just be eating the same food all the time. Mm. It's more interesting if we mix it up for them. They can try different protein, different brands. Um, you know, they're going to be happier if you find a different food that they like. Yeah. Because, you know, dogs love food. So why not give them some additional choices? You might have to transition the food for mm-hmm. like a week so they don't have stomach ache. But once they get into it, they're going to be like, yeah, I get to eat something different. <laughs> yeah. Than my than the same kibble I've been eating for five years. Yes, yeah. I mean, cats cats are the worst for that, aren't they? Cats will really let you know and go, oh, not this again. And you go and put this. You love this, and you go, no, I loved it last week, but I don't like it now. Whereas dogs, you know, depending on the breed again, are more likely to just go, okay, great food. But as you say, how boring is that? And food is such a big part of life for them. Make it interesting and vary it. Yeah, I mean, as you say, bear in mind you have to transition slowly. But um, I can remember we we tended to change Buddy's food every. Oh, I really can't. I mean, at least every couple of years we changed and said, you know, we'll we'll, we'll 
give him something different now um, to kind of because there was there's so much you know it's a, it's a minefield isn't it what food you choose for your dog but we thought okay we'll try not to do too much damage with any one food you know what I mean and we'll we'll sort of vary we'll change that and also as you say they 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 change that you know from puppy to you know being in their peak to getting getting older and getting joint problems and things so you do need to that's another good a really good point you know at this time of year when we sort of review life and take stock of things have a look at your dog's diet and do you need to change it do you need to vary it you know and how do you need to do that another really good point yes so i hope all these tips you know help people kind of uh get their dog into a happier more active uh 2019. Yeah, that was my last one. <laughs> well, they've all they've all been brilliant. Okay, so now you've told us sort of how to how we, are, we can make 2019 you know sort of happy and, and healthy and, and safe for our dogs. So now tell me about um, Fit Dog Sports Club. Tell me about that. What does that do for dogs? So we're we're a dog care company located in uh, Los Angeles, California, and uh, we have a couple. Actually, a lot of things that we do for dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, we recently launched um, a business line and a website app that allows people to book recreational gym classes for their dogs during the day while they're working or away. Um, kind of like dog walking, but way better. So we'll go to your house, pick up your dog, and we can bring them to a class like Fun and Fit Agility or Cardio Tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, take them out to the beach, bring them on hikes. Um, we even have like, uh, training classes like, um, puppy essentials and they're all kind of drop in, uh, based just like a regular gym class would be for a human and you don't have to be there. So if you want to make your dog schedule during the week more interesting, or you have like a high energy breed, we have something for everybody and you can just go online, book the class and, you know, we'll go get your dog. Um, and we came up with this idea because we have a doggy daycare and boarding facility and we saw that some of the dogs who are really smart and active needed more than daycare. They needed more than the same thing every day. Mm. And we decided, why can't we do that for them? We can figure out how to connect them with classes during the day while their owner is busy. And so that's what we did. And yeah. so that's our whole our whole goal of Fit Dog is to keep the dogs mentally engaged and physically active. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic because you say it's, it's, I mean, it's great if, you know, that people, um, if they're working all day, if they have a walker going to the house, that, that's great. But as you say, to take them to the beach and to sort of somewhere different and exciting and then to actually be able to do training with them. That's fantastic because that really, that's, you know, very en- enriching for them, isn't it? It is. It's life-changing for some of them. The owners have said that their dog's a different person. Like, they act completely different. Um, any kind of behavioral issues that they had at the house where their dog was being destructive or excessive barking are now are now gone yeah, because the yeah. dog is – their needs are being met. They're happier. They like their life. It's, it's, you know, more interesting, exciting. They're getting the exercise that they need. And um, I think – owners see it and and you can tell from the dogs that they're really happy yeah. so that makes us happy yeah <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to spread this you're gonna have to franchise it or do something and you have to get get all the dogs in america you know as happy as, as the fit dog dogs are aren't you yes yeah i would love that i would love <laughs> all the dogs to be as happy as the fit dogs <laughs> yeah yeah i think it sounds a really great system and i, I you know it, it's um it would be lovely if we could you know have every dog that you know rather than just being at home, you know, on their own, if they could have that, um, 
that kind of enrichment that that really is fantastic I, I do you know as I say you do think of so many dogs and it's not a judgmental thing it's just it's how life is now we're all busy we have to work you know and I imagine there's a lot of dogs that for for whom life is quite boring and they're alone a lot and it's not really ideal for the dog so that kind of service is fantastic well done oh thank you yeah i are we hoping we're making a difference so yeah yeah and um, tell me about your dogs your own dogs so i have uh, one dog his, he's a jack russell terrier mm. uh, his name is brecken um after Breckenridge, Colorado. Hey. And uh, he's a very active, crazy dog. <laughs> and so that's why we kind of invented Pit Dog for him, really. Yeah. Because we didn't know what to do with him during the day. <laughs> he was like just pulling up the rugs and mm. eating through walls. And I said, what is this dog? He's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, he goes to about five, six classes a week. And he's 10. And he still is that active. And sometimes even after going to all those classes, he still has energy at night and is staring at me <laughs> like what are we gonna do I'm yes. like you just you, you just went on a six mile hike you've been in the office all day with me but I you know I yeah you still yeah. You still have more energy I'm like aren't you old <laughs> no. no nobody's told him that <laughs> nobody has told him that he's no, not gonna get old no. so mm. yeah and I have a cat too and she's very different of course yes so different yeah. but <laughs> oh. do they get on well Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. They 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 get along. So yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah, he's a fun little guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking we we have um, uh, mischief is a German Spitz client, so she's small but very active and very clever. And we have three cats, and she she's very good friends on varying degrees. The 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 girl cat mischief is his best pals with, and they just knock around together. And the two boys, she's a, you know there's varying degrees. And our biggest cat mischief does like, but um. I think she's just too much for him and he's just, he just lies down and goes, go away, you're too much, go away. But she's constantly doing, <laughs> she's constantly doing these big play bows to them. And the cats kind of go, what are you doing? What is this? This is not cat language. We don't understand. You know? <laughs> well, I know the cats, the cats never know what the dogs are doing. No. I always feel like it's like that cartoon Garfield and, mm-hmm. you know, Garfield yes. when Garfield <laughs> thinks Odie is so dumb. That's yes. my cat. She thinks Brecken is so stupid. I can see it in her face. Like, why did you bring this dumb animal into the house? <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you mean. When they look with disdain and kind of go, oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> I know, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're so funny. <laughs> you've, you've made Fit Dog Sound really good. Where can people find out more about it online? They can go to fitdog.com and Smashing. all the information is on there. Okay, nice and simple. Jolly good. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and as, and even if people aren't sort of near enough to come to you and make use of, of the, the excellent opportunities there, let's take that spirit and sort of make 2019 as, as enriched and happy as we can for our dogs. Absolutely. That sounds like a good plan for everybody. Here's hoping those tips will make 2019 a truly great year for you and your dog. If you have any life-enhancing advice you'd like to share with DogCast Radio listeners, let me know. And you can read more about Andrea at fitdog.com. You're listening to DogCast Radio on www.dogcastradio.com. More than 400 dog breeds are recognised around the world, making dogs the most varied animal species on Earth. 
And now it's time for the Dogcast Radio News. There has been good news for a vulnerable UK dog breed in 2018. The Dandy Dinmont Terrier has been declining in numbers for a while, and puppy births in the UK in 2015 and 2016 were the lowest for consecutive years outside wartime since record began, with just 79 and 80 new puppies registered at the Kennel Club in 2015 and 2016, respectively. Dandies have been described as Scotland's forgotten breed, but despite still being in the top 10 rarest breeds in the UK, in 2017, there were 123 recorded births, and for the first nine months of 2018, there were 108, which is an increase on the same period in 2017. One breed which isn't vulnerable is the Dachshund. In fact, over the past five years in the UK, the Kennel Club has seen an increase in their numbers of 80%. Of course, there are different sizes and coat types of Dachshunds, which may add to their appeal, and it may have brought them to general attention that the character of Buddy in The Secret Life of Pets was a Dachshund. As we've often noted here on Dogcast Radio, a huge rise in numbers isn't always a positive thing for a dog breed. In fact, the Kennel Club is concerned that adverts, films, television and celebrities which raise the public profile of a particular breed may cause it to be viewed as a fashionable accessory, causing people to buy one without being fully aware of or prepared for the commitment necessary. It's a growing problem with dogs being used to market more and more products. Vets have been highlighting the fact that many festive jumpers feature pugs, bulldogs and dachshunds, all of whom can suffer from significant health issues, breathing for pugs and bulldogs and spinal for dachshunds. Dr Daniela Dos Santos of the British Veterinary Association said, Jumpers featuring pugs, dachshunds and similar breeds look cute, but their extreme features cause these dogs extreme health issues. Putting them on Christmas jumpers could lead to an increased demand for the dogs. Christmas is a happy time of year, but for those of us who've lost a dog, it's difficult to make merry, and research confirms what we dog owners already know, in that losing a dog can be as hard as losing a human family member. The huge emotional loss is compounded by the fact that there are socially acceptable long-standing traditions to help us deal with human death, whereas pet loss can be underestimated or dismissed by those who don't empathise with it. If you're dealing with the aftermath of losing your dog, there are several interviews in past Dogcast Radio episodes offering help and advice, and we hope that the knowledge that you are not alone in mourning a beloved four-legged friend will bring you some comfort. It's more unusual, but sometimes a dog has to cope with the loss of their person. George H.W. Bush, who was the 41st President of the United States, died last month, leaving his assistance dog, Labrador Sully, among his mourners. Two-year-old Sully will now work as a service dog, assisting with therapy for wounded soldiers. You can check out his Instagram account under the name of Sully H.W. Bush. We all want to believe we'll see the dogs we've loved and lost again one day. Hence the popularity of Rainbow Bridge. And now, a new law in the state of New York allows dogs and their humans to be buried alongside each other. The law covers a whole range of pets, not just dogs, and is a huge breakthrough in recognising the strength and depth of the human-animal bond. Now, do you have trouble sleeping? I do. I know you do. Well, why did you ask? It was a rhetorical question. You speak rhetorican. Oh, sounded English to me. Anyway, if you do have problems sleeping, particularly if you're a woman... I am! Stop it! Oh. Research shows that women sleep better with a dog beside them than a human. Animal behaviourists from Canisius College in Buffalo, New York, studied the effect on sleep of sharing a bed with a dog, cat or a human. Compared with human bed partners, dogs who slept in the owner's bed were perceived to disturb sleep less and were associated with stronger feelings of comfort and security. But cats and human bedfellows were equally disruptive. 
I think some people in New Zealand might have been having trouble sleeping due to an Auckland dog who not only escaped his garden and then accessed neighbours' houses, but was observed doing a poo on their pillows. Bichonfrey's Shih Tzu cross, Jack, had been carrying out this alarming behaviour for about two years. Now Jack's owner, Rick Didham, has found the hole in the fence through which the dog is escaping, blocked it up and confessed all, where else but on social media. Rick's even offered to replace any damaged pillows. We're all in favour of kind, reward-based training, and apparently so is Rick, because should Jack manage to escape again and take to his old dirty way, Rick advises his neighbours to be kind to Jack if he is caught in the act. As if you're mean to him, he comes back and does it again. Who can blame him? It could perhaps be offered as a public service. And we end on a happy Christmas spirit note. Chloe, a great Pyrenees dog, was stolen from outside of a grocery store in Sparks, Nevada. Hang on, you said Christmassy and happy. You always do this. <sighs> but she was brought back when the man who had taken her saw she'd been reported missing. Turns out he'd taken her assuming she'd been abandoned and was only looking out for her welfare. Oh, that was kind, if a little misguided. I'm glad Chloe's home, and I hope she and every dog has a wonderful, safe, happy Christmas. Research has revealed that older dog owners remain much more active than their dogless counterparts, raising the question of whether dog ownership could be prescribed by doctors for seniors. Heather Smith and her dogs have danced their way to success, competing at Crufts on a regular basis. I've seen her in action, and it's a wonderful thing to see Heather and her dogs in such a joyful harmony. But when she took on rescue dog Dare, Joy didn't seem to be on the agenda. Hi, Heather. How are you? I'm great. Thank Excellent. you. Good, good. And I know we're going to talk about one of your dogs, but you've got all your dogs with you, haven't you, today? I've got all five of my dogs with me. Lovely. Age range from over 13 to just turned three. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I bet they're a fun bunch. Oh, my goodness. Yes. They keep me going every day. <laughs> um, I don't know what my life would be like without them. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's a big decision to to get a dog. But once you've you've made that decision, you've thought it all through, and you think, yep, I can do this, and you get the dog. And then the dread is, how can I live without one? Yes, indeed. Indeed. I mean, that's one of the advantages of having many dogs. Yes. You know, they they buffer the loss when you lose one. I think you still feel it as intensely and Mm. painfully. But you have others to hug you through. Yes, yeah, I, exactly. I mean, it, it, it's it's an odd thing, isn't it? Because just like with people, you can't replace them. But no, you know, never. I was so glad. I mean, we when we got Buddy, then we had Star, and then we've had Mischief Takeover, and we had Tom and uh, Rusty in between. But like having lost Buddy, which left a huge hole in June, mm. but having Mischief in the house, she didn't replace him. You know, I still felt there were days when I just cried and cried and cried. And there were days yeah. when it kicked me suddenly like a train, you know, but she was there and she made you laugh. And then if you couldn't laugh that day, she just got in your lap and you could cry into her fur. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's I couldn't have asked for more. Mm. You know, they are special like that, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's been, uh, I love them all so much, but yes. there have been dogs where I thought, my goodness, I might be close to breakdown now, mm. you know, when they've gone and, oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. It still makes me emotional. I lost, um, Bonnie was the last one I lost, which is just over two years ago. And, yeah. you know, every time I see a picture on Facebook memories and mm. lots of tears two years yes. later. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really bittersweet, isn't it, when you see the Facebook memories? It is. It is. 
Yeah. yeah, some yeah. days they're full of laughter and nice memories, and other days they just hit you in the stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it just, yeah. It's strange. I mean, to anybody that's listening that's dealing with it, it's like, oh, it just, it's, it, it, it hits you like nothing else I've known. And I'm sure it's because you, you, you know, you love your family and, and you love your dogs. Mm-hmm. But with the dogs, it's, it's somehow there's a parental thing there. You, you look after them as a parent, or don't you? I think it's so unconditional. They yes. love you unconditionally. You know, it's easy to love them unconditionally. Mm. And they give so much. They ask so little. Yeah. I think that's what makes it, for me, hit so hard when I lose one. Yes. Yeah. They just do not live long enough. I wish no. they lived forever. Mm. I know. Yeah. I know. We'll, we'll, we'll get, try to get that put through. We'll get that to uh, Theresa May. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that would be really something to dance about, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, so, okay, you, you mentioned dance there. Let's get back to <laughs> the topic. I've taken us off a bit, but um, so we're actually here today to talk about Dare, who's one of yeah. your dogs and and who you've danced with, and you know, um, and I've actually seen you uh, dancing with one of your dogs at Crufts, and it's uh, it's. I mean, if you can get to Crufts and, and see how they dance, go and do it because uh, will you be there in twenty nineteen? Um, I've qualified with Dare, um, oh, so I have to go to the semi finals um, in rugby in January, yeah. and I'm very hoping that I'll be in the te- top ten dogs in the country, and I'll be there both on the Thursday and the Friday in the heel work and the freestyle. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I'll I'll check that you are. I'll check with you that you're going to be there, and we'll come and watch. And be lovely oh, to meet lovely. up and have a coffee. But if not, I'll wave to you from the crowds. <laughs> 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 okay, excellent. So, so tell me about Dare. How did she come oh, into your life? I always have at least one rescue, but mm. I never intended. I had a rescue. I had Sky at the time. Dare fell into my lap. I always say I'll never be involved in rescue. I've actually helped with a few rescues recently. Mm. Um, but Dare came to me because the home she was coming from Cornwall to fell through. So Dare's a several times over rescue. Her previous owner who died rescued her um, from Wickaways. Um, and I assume they rescued her from somewhere. Uh, so she's been a very lucky girl to have landed on her feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the reasons that her new home didn't uh, work out for her was that she had a lot of problems, let's just say, just a little bag with her <laughs> <laughs> when she arrived. <laughs> Aww. Aww. But it, it's, so, uh, it's strange, though, isn't it? Sometimes those dogs who have a lot of problems, like um, mm-hmm. some, of, some of the assistance dogs I've met, their original owner sort of was at, at you know the point of despairing of them and saying, "Come and get them." And I actually know one who they said, "Come and get them, or I'm going to have them put to sleep." And they were that that you know despairing of the dog, and yet it's because they've got so much go about them, isn't it? Yes, I think so. Often it's the the naughty ones. They yes. overthink things. They possibly don't have enough to do in the home they're in. Mm. And I've had a lot of dogs that fell into those kind of categories yeah yeah you gave them enough to do (laughs) yes i gave them lots to do especially (laughs) she needed a job to do oh so what was she like when she first how how did you so how did you sort of see her did was it online or she was advertised on facebook Mm. and you know i rarely comment on these things because i have always very mixed feelings about dogs being advertised on facebook um Anyway, uh, somebody I vaguely knew who came to one of my puppy classes uh, a few years previously 
I noticed saying that she was going to have her. And then the big job was getting her from Cornwall, where she was, up to Scotland. So I agreed to help because I was at Crofts. And so mm. I picked her up from the lovely Nicky Mackey, who'd been looking after her tempor- temporarily. Mm. And uh, I brought her to Scotland, um, where unfortunately she didn't fit into the home. Mm. At the time, I had five dogs. Um, so Dea would have made six. And the the big task was persuading my partner it was a good idea to <laughs> keep there. Yes. <laughs> so I really uh, very sneakily let him think it was his idea. He played football a lot with her. Hmm. And then just one day he said, oh, she's not going anywhere, is she? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. See, that's... Listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> not, not just good dog training, you see. That's, that's good people training as well. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Did you give him a chocolate drop as well? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I must try that next time. (laughs) So she stayed and, you know, I never expected her to achieve anything. Hmm. There was just something about this dog. Partly, I guess I was sorry for her because she was profoundly sound sensitive. She was very shut down, wouldn't come out of her cage, was absolutely terrified of my other dogs and you know a couple of them just didn't know what to make of her because they wanted to play but oh my goodness she was not for playing hmm. so I knew she'd be a lot of work and I, I used to say to people oh she's my behavioral work in progress <laughs> you know but uh, look what she's achieved <laughs> yeah yeah so I mean how yeah. did you because you are a dog trainer aren't you yes I am yeah yeah so how because I always think it's it's easier to advise somebody else in sometimes, you know, it's easier to advise yeah. somebody else because a lot of dog training is like, obviously someone like you needs to see the dog, assess them, see what the problem is, come up with the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the regime, the training regime. But then it's the really hard thing I think is that grinding day in, day out, putting that regime mm-hmm. into practice and making sure that every time you, you know, give the command or give the reward or get in the car or whatever it is that every single time that consistency is, is difficult, isn't it? So what's it like working with your own dog? Uh, well, uh, in Deer's case, it was uh, highly challenging, I have to say. Uh, and there were days where I couldn't have any consistency. A lot of it became a negotiation between both of us. Um, so there was no way on certain days, like, for example, if she was very scared of the wind, she didn't like the wind in the trees in our local woods. She was really scared. So if I managed to get her into my van, which, you know, the problem was often getting her out of the house and into the van. Wow. But if I managed to get her into the van and it was very windy, she often wouldn't come out. Oh. So on that day, there could be no walk. There could be no exercise. And I felt this dog needed to exercise her body was very tense um she just needed to run she needed to build a bit of confidence and there's nothing more confidence built for a dog than running and enjoying it but there were days where there was no consistency there were days where i sat outside she had a cage in the house Mm. um which she would shoot in if she heard the airplanes because i live near an airport yeah um so she would shoot in there if she was scared of the airplanes and there were days where I would sit outside with roast beef or something hugely palatable and just trying to persuade her to slowly come to the door. So I think consistency, yes, but it was a lot on her terms. Yes. So yeah. it was like a negotiation between both of us. 
Yeah. My goodness, that that really is extreme, isn't it? She really was shut down and, and terrified. Yeah, very shut down. And also, I mean, and it's a huge issue in a lot of collie-type dogs in particular, but not solely. Um, she was very sound-sensitive. And again, that's a, a really difficult issue to deal with. And I, I deal with it not just with my own dogs, because obviously I've got bearded collies and they do have sound sensitive issues, or a lot of them do. Mm. Um, but obviously with clients' dogs. Um, so I deal with it a lot. Uh, and it's always a case of how do you teach the dog to cope, not how do you cure. Mm. And, and for there, it was so profound. And when I started drawing up lists, of what it was she was scared of. They started to scare me because there were so many things on them. Uh, And I thought, where am I going to start? You know, when you can be scared of everything from the wind in the trees to, you know, airplanes going overhead and obviously fireworks and, Mm. and so forth. The list was ginormous. Yes, yes, my goodness. So how do you start to tackle that? Because, I mean, we... You sort of told you, know, give them more space or make yeah. uh, associate the, with with here's Rose Chicken. Oh, look, there's the wind blowing. Yeah. You know, but I mean, is yeah. is it is it kind of that again and again? Or how did you tackle? Uh, well, you know, I found particularly with the sound sensitivity issue, um, the the roast chicken, the roast beef, just were useless because she was too mm. stressed to eat, and also she was too stressed to play, and she would slightly freeze. So I found all of those methods not useful. And um, one of the the methods I discuss in the book is using aromatherapy to counter condition um, fear. Hmm. Um, And that was, I think, alongside using L-tryptophan, which was, it's an amino acid and it's very natural, but it was suggested by my vet. I think that supported her and using the uh, aromatherapy to counter condition actually helped her to cope in the situations. It almost scaffolded good behaviour. So it helped her cope in the situations where she was scared. Yeah. Um, wow. wow. So when you say like aromatherapy, you, you had, I mean, I'm just going to say the smell, you had the, the smell with you kind of thing, or you you sort of used yeah. it in the house to to relax. How, how do you... Uh, how long would you like to talk about it? Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I could talk about this for hours. Yeah. Um, because I, I've always been interested in natural therapies, not only for my dogs, but also for myself. But for myself, I have some negative associations with uh, certain scents that are considered calming. For example, um, lavender, which I associate heavily with the death of my grandmother. So I mm. wouldn't find that calming at all. Yeah. Um, so what I did with her was I used my obedience scent cloth and to cut a very long story short, I uh, had a, a a routine that went on for a, a considerable period of time where I used scent cloth uncontaminated by any scent other than several different oils. And over a period of time, I allowed there to choose the oil we were going to use. Mm, wow. So then I used that oil um initially in situations where I could positively associate the oil even more than her choice. Uh, so we played football, we went to the beach, uh, she liked to swim, um, so it was on her bandana or on her collar. And then uh, she was an old hippie, by the way, because she chose patchouli. So she was <laughs> constantly smelling and people would comment on the smell of my dog. <laughs> 
However, um, the big step for me was actually knowing how much she loved the scent, knowing how much it was positively imbued in all the work we put into it, and then taking it to the scary places. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, it's fascinating. I am so convinced it helped her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you have mentioned there that uh, you've you've written a book about your experiences with Dare, yeah. and um, and we will put the link on uh, in the show notes with oh, that. That we will you. mention we'll mention all that at the end, all the links that people can find out more. Because I mean, as you say, <laughs> we could we could sit and talk about this. You know, I mean, I've, I have got yeah. to, I've got to cook tea at some time, or, or I've got to at <laughs> least sort of tell my husband cook tea now. <laughs> <laughs> one of the two <laughs> but yes uh, with the, there will be a, a cut-off point but I mean it really that's that's just fascinating so I mean no wonder that you didn't expect you know you had no great expectations for Dare because no. for her I mean it's a great expect expectation just to say let's help this dog live a normal happy life isn't it uh-huh. wow. what I quickly realized about Dare was if I could make things positive she found even a second and third repetition of that experience quite straightforward. Mm. Um, so if I could make things uh, pleasant, when we returned to that environment or situation, she was so much more able to cope. You know, I guess dogs are uh, quicker to learn in so many res- more respects than humans. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd been taking her to Heelworks music shows along with my other dogs, basically just because I didn't want to leave her at home. And I used it very much as uh, places where I could train her, you know, around banging entrance doors and, and so forth. And obviously she could meet people and other dogs. Um, and so I decided to take her in the ring because there were speakers. And I'd had her visit in a few shows where speakers had been an issue. But I was starting to see that she could cope with speakers very quickly, mm-hmm. even with the horrible feedback, particularly you get at, say, outdoor obedience-type shows. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I'll take her into the ring. And all I expected was play. And actually, I realized that come the end of the music, when I was expected to leave the ring, that Dave actually didn't want to leave the ring <laughs> with me. She wanted to stay, much to the laughter of the audience. Oh, um, yes. So, you know, on reflection on that, I thought this dog likes being in the ring. She likes to play. She likes to do tricks and tricks are very confidence building. I think I can do a few simple routines. So at no point were my expectations this dog's going to crafts. They were like tiny steps at a time. Let's yeah. do a little routine. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but you see, I some of the times that I feel closest with some, some of our dogs, you know, I mean, Buddy was just... You say a heart dog. I was sort of close to him all the time. But uh, there is, even with him, there was a special feeling when you when you work with a dog. When you, whether it's training or your performing, my limited experience of performing is nothing like yours. But you know, when you get that kind of feedback of, oh yeah, people are watching us be good together, kind of thing. But that uh-huh. when you are a team with your dog, to me, uh-huh. that is an amazing feeling, and hopefully, that's an amazing feeling for the dog as well. Yes. I think it has to be an amazing feeling for the dog. You know? uh, I think dogs feed off your emotions. You know, I, I have uh, competed with many dogs, including at crafts. But with deer, I almost want to cry every time I do a routine Aww. with her because I just think, oh, my goodness, that she could achieve this. Yes. Still makes me think, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible inspiration. I love stories i mean i love happy stories anyway but i love stories yeah, that that give hope 
to other people. You know, if yeah. you're, if you, if they're struggling with a dog and thinking, Oh my goodness, yeah. this dog is never going to manage, you know, to, to live that happy, normal life. Yeah. Yours, yours and their story gives them hope, doesn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, I've had other rescue dogs, nothing quite as difficult as their, mm. nothing as sound sensitive, I would say. That was, that's the big issue because you know it's never cured. You know you just have to teach them to cope, yeah. to have a good recovery issue. Um, um, but, you know, my other dogs, there's something about there. Uh, she's, she's mega special. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They are individuals, aren't they? They're just like people. And some people you click with and some people not so much, you know. And I mean, obviously with dogs, you, most of them you like, but some you click more with, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's important to recognize, you know, their personalities, how you feel about that, how you gel with that. Because that's, I've never trained any two dogs identically. You know, obviously there's identical ways of teaching perhaps something like a sit or a down or a beg or whatever. Mm. But there's strategies around even teaching those basics that are different for different dogs. And I think if you know your dog, then you, you know how you're going to approach teaching it. You know, so yeah. they like to do things in a hurry oh. and very fast. She doesn't like to do anything slow. You know, she doesn't like lots of repetition. She likes to do something two or three times. And then it's like change the tune, mum, because I've done that now. Oh, bless uh, her. So, you know, whereas, you know, one of my other dogs would repeat the same behavior all day. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's really important to know how you're going to train them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that as well, I love that kind of idea of letting them find their strengths, you know, and I yeah, think that's, that's one, of the, that's one of the lovely things with, with, um, he'll work to music that you, you can work to the dog's strength, can't you? If they like to go on yeah. their back legs or if they like to do rollovers or yeah. if they like to stay close or work at distance, whatever yeah. it is, you can do that. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I so love. It's got to be the only dog sport where you can do your own thing, mm. particularly in freestyle rather than heel work to music. Mm. Um, and, you know, the creativity in the sport is it's not just good for us. <laughs> it's very good for me because I, I love that kind of thing. But it's so good for the dogs. I do a lot of shaping with all my dogs. Um, and that was profoundly difficult with Dare because she had very ritualized little behaviors. Mm. So getting her to do anything else was quite difficult. But now she loves to shape along with the rest of them and she loves to offer things. And I just think that allows us as humans to value their behaviors. Yeah. And those behaviors then become valued in the ring. Yeah. yeah. Just for anybody listening that doesn't understand shaping, just give us a quick um, explanation of what shaping Ooh. is. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> shaping. Well, I do a lot. I do a lot of free shaping, and um, so shaping can be of two sorts. It can be where I've got something in mind, and I'm going to be able to teach the dog to do that in small steps. So, for example, I want the dog to turn its head to the right. So every time it slightly twitches its head in the right direction, I'm going to click that until the dog starts to get the idea. It turns its head totally right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that would be a directed goal orientated shaping, whereas I like to do free shaping with my dogs and I do it several times a week at least where 
uh, maybe stick down an object, usually a big cardboard box. And, and sometimes with, with dogs like Dare, she likes it so much now that I don't even have to stick anything down. I just say, Let, let's go. And on <laughs> let's go, the behavior start. And the dog will often generate something completely unique from that. Yeah. Um, something I perhaps wouldn't have thought of on my own. I've always said my dogs are my best choreographers. And that's because I do a lot of free shaping. So. I'm valuing and rewarding and, and giving the dog confidence because I'm giving it the feedback that I really like when it offers me things. Yeah, yeah. And they do, they do have clever little brains, don't they, if you give them they that do, space? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They do. Lovely, lovely. So, so <laughs> t- I mean, tell me, what, what did Dare achieve? I mean, again, we're sort of jumping okay. along, but t- well, tell me what she's done. Two years to the day that I picked her up at Crafts <laughs> and I had her at Crafts competing in the freestyle mm. final wow. and also representing Scotland. Yeah. Um, it was a very basic routine because I'd only been competing with her for about a year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was a very basic routine, but we weren't last, nor were we fast. No. I was wow. of the moon. Yeah. But um, t- t- again, start... Tell us, because you don't kind of go, I'd like to compete at Crufts, please. And they go, yes, come no. along then. You know, tell, how do you get to Crufts? <laughs> oh, how do you get to Crufts? Well, you have to attend a lot of shows. Mm. Um, so you, uh, st- if you start with a beginner dog, you start in starters and you have to win out of that class. Mm. Um, and then you progress up the classes through novice where Dare started, because I'd obviously had dogs that competed before. So you go through novice and intermediate and then into advanced. Then the work starts because you have to qualify from advanced. Uh, so you have to be uh, placed in an advanced qualifier class. And then when you've qualified, it's not over yet because <laughs> you have to go to the semifinals in rugby and you have to be in the top 10. Yeah, yeah. So it's a journey. It's, 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 you, it's you've, a journey. you've earned your place, haven't you, when you get to... Yes, indeed. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> I think Deer's bigger, biggest achievement in terms of, I guess, recognised success was being a finalist at the Open European Championships in Belgium last year, though. Mm. Uh, I so did not expect that, uh, to be in the top 10 dogs in Europe, but in the world because yeah. of the competitors from Japan and Argentina. And, and she made it to the top 10 and she made it to seventh place. Wow. Um, so I was to be, oh, it was almost like, did that actually happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did I do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that is an incredible. And, and in such a relatively mm. short period of in time. In a very short space of time. You yeah. know, I, mm. <laughs> yes, she blows me away too. I think her biggest success has been able to cope in life. I mean, yes. we now walk in the scary woods. Um, she doesn't bat an eyelid, even if it's blowing a hoolie. Um, mm. She doesn't care. Uh, there, I take her to the town. She used to absolutely, I don't live in a big town, but she used to freak out totally, you know, if we were uh, caught unawares and there was maybe a big lorry whooshed past in the wet road. Um, but now, I mean, she's done TV. She's been on film sets. Dear's ability to cope blows me away. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Do you still have to take the, the patchouli with you? Does she still need that? I spell? don't. Re- occasionally I'll bring it out. Mm. Um, like I'll probably bring it out and do some training before we go to rugby. And she might have a few dabs at rugby, but 
you know, it's like, just top you up there. And that's yes. maybe more about me than her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just make sure. <laughs> could that be a superstitious behaviour? It could be. <laughs> <laughs> There's no harm in that. Look, you no. need, you know, you need the calming things as well as the dog does. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more than Dad these days. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I mean, it, re- it really is a story. You know, it, it's such a happy story, isn't it? That that from mm-hmm. a beginning like that, where you think, oh, this dog is just, you know, is it ever even going to be happy? That she's done that that yeah. much. That's incredible. Yeah. Mm. Well done. Well done. <laughs> And so, I mean, you, you are dancing with, or, I mean, not, not right now, I don't mean that, but you are competing and, and do you dance with all of them or do they choose their own? Um... Uh, I dance with all of them. Um, yeah. My little Bichon hasn't done so much dancing recently because she's done, well, she's done a few films and adverts and things, hmm. so she's been busy. So really, uh, I think life has to be a, a work-life balance, you yes. know, so they love to do training, but there's yeah. times where I think, oh, be a dog, let's go run on the beach or let's go, you know, exploring through the woods or yeah. let's do something else. Yeah. Um, so I think to ask her to to work, if you like, <laughs> mm. I guess it is work, uh, and then actually do more training wouldn't really be fair. So I haven't done so much with her of late, mm. but I plan to do more because I'm considering competing with her abroad next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, my, my uh, eight-year-old, uh, I'm going to do some obedience with because she's getting older, so... I'm not old. She doesn't think she's old. She thinks she's two. She's mad. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I think we'll probably do some obedience, but keep the dancing going as well. Yeah. And then yeah. there's my youngster, and I've started a new sport with her that Dear joins in. We've started doing a bit of disc dogs. Hmm. Uh, quite new in the UK, but yes. I've seen it when I've been abroad teaching and judging. So uh, I've been enjoying it. It's always good to learn something new. I, I yes. bit like my dogs. I like to learn something new. <laughs> uh, so we're enjoying doing that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, because disc dogs, we saw it quite a few years ago. And you thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. And then it all s- stopped and sort of you couldn't find anywhere to do disc dogs. And then, then it oh. seems to be having another go now. Yes, yeah. Well, there's the UK Disc Dog Association now. So uh, the lady that runs that's based in Leamington Spa, Ruby Wellsford, um, and there's a website, uh, and it is a lot of fun. It's very accessible because it's several sports rolled into one. Um, recently, they had the first Scottish competition, and I'm planning to have another one next year. Um, but there's things like toss and fetch, which is basically what it says in the box. Yeah. You know, throw a disc, dog fetches it. Um, and that's so accessible to everybody, and yes. it allows pet people the opportunity to join in at a dog sport. Yeah. And then through to the more difficult ones, um, such as jump disc, where, you know, the dog has to have a bit of agility skills as well as a bit of disc skills. Mm. And then if you master all of that, it makes doing something like free disc, which I love, because mm. it's like dancing, because there's music, but you get discs uh, <laughs> and that's a little bit more skilled yes. but it's still a very accessible yeah yeah and again I, I imagine creative and you can you can make it a bit your own can't you yes absolutely yeah, excellent excellent do you know ruby wellsford is on my um i made facebook friends with her recently so ah. I'm, I'm i'm making notes heather i'm picking your brains again oh there's <laughs> another interview <laughs> uh, indeed <laughs> yeah definitely thank you for that thank you i mean so so what's 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 next for you what what are you planning now more of the same or what what's you know what's 2019 looking like like for you 
2019 is looking like uh, more Distog and another Scottish competition probably in July. And it's hopefully looking like Crofts. Uh, Fingers crossed, and, yeah. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to competing abroad. I haven't quite decided where. Where do I go to the European Championships in Italy? It is in Rome, but it's a long way to drive. Yes. <laughs> or yeah. do I do some competitions nearer? Uh, and oh my goodness. And uh, then I dare say there might be more film and TV. Um, we Excellent. did, uh, we were on the set of both The Outlaw King recently and mm. Outlander. Because uh, yes. there's quite a lot of filming done in Scotland. Oh, excellent! Excellent. I've yeah. read, I've read all of those, and I'm watching the TV uh, series. And I'm loving it. And yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, which which dog was in that in Outlander? Um, well, they were all on set. So mm. Apart, not the Bichon. No, she didn't do that. Um, Deer was asked to do Outlander. Um, that must have been over a year ago. And I honestly said to the agent, you know, I know you like the look of her. However, I don't know what she'll be like. On, but <laughs> turned out she was amazing. Oh, bless. Of course, <laughs> bit, of course. <laughs> uh, not worried at all by, you know, sets being built and scaffolding rattling around on yeah. um, cobblestones in the streets of Edinburgh. Wow. Uh, yeah, my, my, my little dog's actually um, had quite a big part in a BBC film. Um, mm. So she did Mystique number five. Oh, wow. And, you know, she had quite a lot of things to learn because, yeah. you know, she had to take a wig off her head, tug on the wig. You know, she ran away with it upstairs. Mm. She had quite a, a big role in that. Yeah. Whereas the beardies just get to be dressing. <laughs> Window dressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I have, I have to ask you, you don't have to name names, but, you know, dog trainers always say that the other end of the lead is the most difficult, yeah. but, you know, working with the people. You know, the dogs are okay yeah. usually, but working with the people yeah. can be a challenge. So what's it like on a set? You know, your your dog mm-hmm. can be absolutely perfect in set up and you know what that you know that you yeah. know what they're doing and the dog knows what they're doing. Yeah. But is it always easy to explain to the the human side of the equation what they've got to do with relation to the dog? <laughs> I, I think it's difficult. My my first bearded collie was Toto many many years ago, mm. and he didn't have a very big part. It was a theatre show, uh, so his role was to go on at the end and be with Dorothy. But Dorothy was scared of dogs, mm. uh, so oh, I think dear. he kind of he used to dawdle onto the stage like, oh God, I know I have to do this. <laughs> 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 so, Aww. yes, it can be difficult. Um, my Bichon is amazing. I mean, she just works with anybody and it seems to not matter to her. She's a very confident little dog. Yeah. Um, she doesn't care the other end of the lead. <laughs> she doesn't care who she's with. She's just going to perform. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the beardies are probably more sensitive. Uh, <laughs> I think the difficult thing be, is that you arrive and you're not always aware of exactly what's going on. Yes. Like when we arrived yeah. at the Outlaw King, I thought, oh, my God, there's pyrotechnics. There are stampeding horses. There is goats. There's sheep. There's chickens. There's all oh, these my animals. goodness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That that can be quite challenging. You know, you think, yeah, my dog can stand around. That's okay. Uh, and then you think, mm, yes, stand around while the horses gallop past, mm. while, you know, other, other animals. Yeah. yeah, your dog has to be pretty solid yes. um, to yeah. be able to do this. 
I think people think it's quite easy and they certainly think it's glamorous, but I managed to get bronchitis on that. Oh, no. It's not very glamorous. No. It was very cold at oh, half four in the morning. I bet, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because you always, well, you know, when you see actors and actresses in the, in, you know, in the newspaper, or whatever, on set, and they've always got um, a great big sort of padded coat round their costume, haven't yes. they, as well? And you think, no. why? Why have no. you got that? <laughs> I have to say, though, everywhere you go, everybody loves, well, more or less everybody loves a dog on yes, set. Yes. And the dogs get a lot of attention, which is lovely. Yeah. Oh, well, as long as they're, they're enjoying it, that's that's fine. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, take your dog to work. Yes. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I mean, they're, they're, it's actually them, isn't it? I'm bringing my human to work. Hope you don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's fairly well behaved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. It has been really lovely talking to you today, Heather. It's been oh, brilliant. Thank you. Is, is there anything, you know, either about DARE or in general that mm. we haven't had time to cover that you'd like to say? Uh, I would just like to say never give a fun, rescues. You know, there are so many. You know, I recently helped rehome one again to a Hewlett Music home who had been waiting for his home for almost six months. Mm. Um, he had quite a difficult history and he's now settling in so well and he's done a few demos. Uh, and this is his fourth home. It's his forever oh. fourth home. Yes. You know, so yeah. just never give up on a rescue. Yeah. They can give you so much more. Yeah. They just know what hardship is yeah. and they appreciate all the love you can give them. Oh, lovely. Lovely. For for people who want to find out more, who want to buy the book, yes. let's, let's let's be clear. Um, first of all, where do they buy the book? Where do they buy the story? The story of Dare's, you know, Dare's life so far. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or through my website. Great. Uh, you'll get a link to Amazon. So yes, please please buy Dare's book. <laughs> okay. And what what's your website? It's www.trainyourdogswithheathersmith.com smashing okay we'll put the links to that and um and you, people can sort of um follow you on facebook and and are you on yes, twitter indeed. yeah on facebook yes yeah <laughs> yeah and and the, i i we're friends on uh, facebook and the pictures of your dogs are lovely and your little bichon's so sweet she's gorgeous <laughs> well i mean all your dogs are lovely but we had a bichon so you know you, you're drawn oh, to uh-huh. yeah yeah my daughter she oh gosh she was 10 and she was desperate for her own dog um uh-huh. And she fell in love at Crufts. She fell in love with the Papillons. Um, uh-huh. and we said, and you know, they seem quite delicate. And at the time we wanted a great Swiss mountain dog uh-huh. at some point. And we said, I don't think the two are going to go together too well. So we start, you know, had another thing and we came up with a Bichon Frise because they're a little bit more, uh-huh. um, substantial, aren't they? Yeah, and, um, they and so she had this Bichon Frise. Oh, and she was lovely. So cheerful and, you know, bring it on and yeah. confident and just lovely. Uh-huh. Yeah. They are amazing little dogs. So, so full of confidence. Yes. So, so clever. Yes. Not for nothing, they preceded poodles as circus dogs. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yet, people look at them and think they're sort of, you know, you can, they're what I call it, you know, an armpit dog. You can just pick them up, stuff, stuff them under your arm. Yeah. And, they're, they're, and they're not, you know, you think, no, they need, they're physically active. They're mentally active. They're not mm-hmm. sort of a, a, an accessory. Oh, gosh, mine certainly isn't. No, no. <laughs> She'd be horrified. <laughs> well, they can keep up. Yeah, we had two two Labradors alongside uh, Star, and she could keep up uh-huh. with both of them easily. You know, it was... Mine uh, keeps up with the beer days. In fact, yes. she leads them a merry dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> oh. 
No, they're smashing. Um, thank you ever so much, and uh, oh, thank you. The best of luck to you and Dare and all your dogs. Oh, thank you very much. If that's inspired you to have a dance with your dog, or to try out disc dog, or do any training or activity, and I hope it has, you can pick up some advice at trainyourdogswithheathersmith.com. And we also have the link to Heather's book, Dare's Diary, From Rescue Dog to Crufts and Beyond. Doggy dancing, canine freestyle, can be a great way to get more exercise for you and your dog and build the bond between you. Why not dance with your dog? That's almost it from us for 2018. Just to say that we look forward to sharing more of anything and everything dog-related with you in 2019. If there's a subject you'd like us to cover, or a problem you'd like us to get expert help with, or a happy story of you and your dog you'd like to celebrate with us, we'd love to hear from you. But for now, that's all. So until next year, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype with the ident Dogcast Radio. That's all one word, Dogcast Radio. By email, you can contact me on Julie at dogcastradio.com When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com And as ever, the final word goes to Jenny. What do sheepdogs say to sheep at Christmas? Merry Christmas to you!